a very, oh, I don't even know how to frame this key, but it's, I don't want to say taboo. I don't want to say, you know, we're talking about a very, how about sensitive? Maybe that's a good Mm -hmm. word, a very sensitive topic um, this today. And we're going to be diving in to church and the mental health, because I feel like it's one of those, um, God has been really pushing me to have crucial conversations. So it's conversations that um, we don't necessarily want to have because they're not fun. They're not, although our guest today, she's lit, she's cool. She, I know she's going to make this episode (laughs) just bomb or whatever. It's going to be as bomb (laughs) as she is. But I also know that some of the questions I, I really want the listeners to, as I would tell the kids in my group, to remove the earwax from your ears and remove the blinders from your eyes. And I want us to be open to have this conversation. So Pete, as we dive into this topic, what does that scripture mean to you? I'm going to read it one more time. And I want you just to tell me in your own words, as someone also that you have openly talked about your mental health challenges, I want you to tell me what does the scripture mean to you? So it's again, Philippians 4 and 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Well, that scripture means a lot to me. I actually have it tattooed. That's how much it means to me. (laughs) And um, anxiety is one of those things that can overtake you. But when you are a believer, um, and more specifically a believer who struggles uh, maintaining their mental health, um, you have to know that God is there. God it sees you, he knows. And so when you are in those anxious states, it, it's very comforting for me just to look down and know. Um, and not only that, if I am not going to be real, because this is Tuesday with Tamika, mm-hmm. uh, there, was a, there was a time in my life that I really wanted to take my life yeah. in the way that I wanted to do it in the, in the rush that would co- come over me was to just slit my wrist yeah and um so i purposely got that scripture tattooed on my wrist so every time i would look down in a moment of frustration or anxiety or depression i knew that god was with me and that wasn't a choice you know that i needed to make so ever since then that i i i've actually had both uh wrist tattoos one um says luminous um two represents god's light it's never ending and the other uh that scripture um and so that scripture means a lot to me it resonates with me it lets me know that no matter how dark the rabbit hole that i am in god is with me and anything that i ask of him he you know he nothing bad because y'all know i'll be asking bad stuff too i ain't gonna be lying but (laughs) (laughs) the good stuff that he knows that that is good for me and um, that i know is also good for me um i know he will you know provide so yeah a whole lot to me. Wow, Pete, thank you so, so much for sharing that because I'll never forget. Gosh, okay. Y'all already know I'm the resident crybaby. So if I start crying, just roll with me. <laughs> um, I never forget, you know, and, and Pete, stop me if you want me to. Uh, we can edit this stuff out, but no, go ahead. There you has been be real. There has been so and, and we have, I don't I don't want to hold our guests, so we're gonna. Hey, sis, you got a minute? 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 Let's go ahead and bring in our 
Yes. <laughs> we get real early, so go ahead and jump right on uh, in. Yes, go on and jump right up in. Oh. Um, I, I want, before I share that story that I was going to share, I want to bring in our guest because I know that she's going to add so much rich wisdom to this conversation. So we have, so, so you guys already know, in week three, we had our cousin, Natasha Poole. She was dropping yes, sometimes. It was a dope, a dope, a dope um, interview. This week, we have, closing out the month of May, we have another amazing, not only is she an amazing female, not only is she a boss, not only is she a first lady, come on, somebody, but she is also <laughs> our cousin, Y'all yeah. better know that our family is talented. <laughs> Y'all better know. You we better know. You we better know. Our family. I'm telling you, Buddy and Marlene, they did something. <laughs> they, they, did they did something. They did something tonight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we are going to introduce Miss Lisa Blakes. We yeah. love her. I love you all too. I love you all. Tell us, Lisa, before I go into the story that I was going to share that P was talking about her tattoos, tell us a little bit more about you and why did we ask you to grace this Tuesday with Tamika Stay? Well, um, you gave a, a wonderful introduction, so there's no pressure there. So, <laughs> yeah, I think that um, what makes me relative in this day, I never would have known it, but the fact that I was raised and a very strict um, holiness atmosphere, but I didn't choose it. I went out and I did whatever I wanted to do. And then I found myself back into holiness. And throughout that, I'm able to bridge my experiences with uh, the church and with my secular experiences. And it's so funny that um, very early on, I remember saying that my aunt used to say, she used to say, someone's got to act like they got some sense. And growing up and looking back and just experiencing the things that I've experienced in the church, it all makes sense. So I think that God had a perfect plan. He wanted me to be um, so well-versed and know what's going on in the world, but also to know um, what's going on in the church and what needs to go on in the church. So, I'm, so yes. I'm definitely here for it. I'm excited about this interview. And you all are so transparent. So I'm saying, Lord, please don't let me go too deep. <laughs> Cause you guys, <laughs> you guys would bring the deep out of anybody because truth, yeah, yes. truth recognizes truth, and there's comfort in truth transparency. You know, so yes, that's beautiful. Has somebody hashtag that, please? Truth recognizes truth, and I'm not gonna let her just slide on by saying she she's just you know um, a, a first lady. You know, grew up in holiness and this and that. Let me tell you guys, she is a licensed MLT, MFT that owns her own business. Come on, somebody. Yeah. You know, we Talk have folks it. around here. We're not just bringing anybody to the podcast, okay? <laughs> she is also the first lady. And I want to say what it's been 11 years that you and our wonderful cousin have been yeah. pastoring. Actually, her. it's been, uh, I want to say, 14 years. Yeah, we're wow. right at about 14 years. Yes. 14 yes. years she is now when y'all see this picture because y'all gonna y'all know we gonna post her and all that when y'all see how bomb she is the mother of I'm six that. babies that she birthed herself come on somebody <laughs> <laughs> she comes to us with just a wealth of knowledge 
and experience. And we we can't wait to get into these interview questions. And one thing I really honor about you, you know, we we are definitely surrounded by um, people of faith and people, you know, we could have asked anybody to be our guest, but you said it because of your transparency, it, it literally draws us to you. And we love you. We love you for keeping it real and keeping it raw like we do here on Tuesday with Tamika. Oh, I love you all too. I appreciate yes. being a part of today's um, broadcast. Thank you so much. So before we jump into these interview questions, and P's going to go ahead and give us the first, but I just want to share. And I honestly, I think I did all that because I was about to get teary-eyed. So I had to stop the, the tears from flowing. To get it yes, I had to get it together. But, you know, um, everyone knows not only is, is P my sister, but she's she's literally one of my best friends. And, um, you know, there have been many of times where I had to, you know, I'm, I'm one of her support people. And I've had to be called to the house because she had knives at her wrist. You know, she was, you know, just so many. I mean, we could go on and on, right, P, with the amount of stories of uh, your crazy ex-husbands um, <laughs> calling me to Yeah, he used to put me through. I'm going to put all the blame on them, right? <laughs> calling me to the house, and, and I'm, you know, literally having to wrestle and pray knives out of her hands where it li she literally was not even herself. And so I'd never yeah. forget when she got the tattoos because we grew up in such a holiness, strict, you know, environment, you know, I was like, oh, Lord, you know, the Bible says don't yeah. mark your flesh. And, you know, I, yeah. I went through that. But when she told me the story, as she beautifully stated at the top of the um, introduction, I had no choice but to say, you know, there, there's another scripture that says God is merciful for um to who he chooses i'm I'm paraphrasing right. but he shows mercy on who he chooses you know i don't want to mess up the word of god but basically what that scripture is stating is it that's his business that's god's business yeah. you know he he there there are some some for show for show for show sins you know that we know you yeah. know we know right and wrong but but there's other things that i feel like i don't i don't even want to argue with people about you know i'm not going to say that this girl's going to go to hell because she has tattoos on her arm when this is something that is literally saving her life. So we're going to jump into this podcast. It's going to get juicy. And Ali, go get a little tip, y'all. Hold on, gonna, strap please, in. Come on, strap on in. And Lisa, we want you to give us your truth. You know, we want you to lean into your truth. We want us you to tell us you know, your perspective of things. Um, that's one thing we don't even have. We don't invite people on that um, side with us. We we want to know yeah, the real. Right. We want to know, you know, coming from you, the word of God. If you got to hit us over the head with the box, go ahead. We, we you know, we got some thick sin. Michael Sims is our daddy. You know who our daddy is. <laughs> so we know how to handle it. Right. <laughs> so let's go ahead, P. Let's jump into our first question. Yes. Yeah, so you guys, this is not going to be an easy, breezy type of podcast, but I'm going to try to crack a joke every now and then. <laughs> um, but let's jump right on into our first question. Um, here at Tuesday with Tamika, we want to know how has the church helped or hindered the advancement of mental health? I want to start out by reducing the stigma. When we say the church, 
because we have some people that have done good for the church and we have some people within the church that have definitely hindered it. So I don't think there's just like a, a one answer that fits all. So I can kind of uh, try to address it from that perspective. I know that there's been some people, you know, that have yeah. hindered it and they hinder it based on their experience, based on um, the amount of education they have, based on if um, they're dealing with their stuff and their issues. And those same people, they make up churches. And, and let's, just, let's just keep it real. We're talking about pastors. Yeah, there's a lot of um, peer influence, but I think most of the uh, challenges among the leaders, among the pastors. So mm. I think that they're in a position to do the most good or the most harm, right? Yeah. Because they're the loudest voice. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that we're, in, we're influenced just like in a home. We're influenced by our brothers and sisters. But something happens when our parents are doing and saying things a much more broader experience over our experiences. So I, I would say yeah. that, um, you know, historically, I think that when we say church, we're talking about people. And then I want to break it down to another denominator. I want to say even minorities. I want to say even yes. African-American people. And um, I think and that's where I, I have that experience of being African-American. So I want to like, you know speak from that platform and i think that the hindering that they've done is that they haven't made it uh valid it, it hasn't been relative and they they haven't dealt with their own emotions you know when you talk about mental health you talk about emotions you talk about trauma you talk about pain and we know that um for most people if if you're coming to church a certain type of church you know a, a, a fiery field pentecostal church one of our churches um, and the yeah. leader happens to be of color. Usually the, the leader is not dealing with their emotions, so they don't have any reference. Mm, so that's yeah. that's a hindering point right there because there's no validation. Yeah, there's a lack of validation wow, and you can't good. speak to what you're not dealing with. So if they're not dealing with it themselves, there's no way that they can authentically validate it and, and make it a priority in the church. So um, I feel like from that perspective, I think that it's been a hindrance. And I think that that's how they've hindered it. And bless those who just don't have the education, but they have a heart to just help people. I think they've helped yeah. in that just their genuine kindness, their genuine love for people, mm -hmm. their genuine want to see people make it, their genuine want to just sit and hear people out. That's been very helpful. So even without yeah. the education, I think that you have, um, you know, two sets, just like with like in any any circumstance, you have different people. So to say the church in general, I don't think yeah. I can answer that. But I can say that it's been very harmful because for people who don't, you know, recognize mental health, their own mental health, they have demonized it and they have spiritualized everything and they overlook patterns and they don't make people responsible um, for their choices. And, you know, it's just the devil. And, and the, the challenge with making everything the devil, y'all, is that if it's the devil, you become yeah. helpless. Like you don't understand there's, you, you can't hold anybody accountable. And then you yourself cannot feel victorious or powerful. So I think in that way, I would say that that's been like one of the hindrances, you know, when you over spiritualize yeah. and invalidate people's experiences. Wow. Thank you so much. I was, as you were talking, I was going to say, let's break this down, you know, to make it more applicable to us, you know? And so people, yeah. you know, the black church, right. you know, and, and we have listeners of all 
nationalities and we thank them so much for listening but we can only speak to who we are and what experiences we have so i Mm -hmm. i appreciate that there's so much that you said that man you know it, it it feels like finally you know some finally somebody is saying this and you know just to kind of piggyback off what you were saying we don't um we don't we don't want to make and we don't want anybody to think that we about to be on here just bashing right. church folks because yeah. that's not what this is you know this is about to bring we're we're trying to bring just some truth and and shed some light on a right. situation that for many years um we we didn't know we did not know you know and if we go back historic every every interviewer that we've had on this month we've had to talk about the history right. of things so if we look at the history of things pastors and you know during slavery, black pastors doing slavery, most of them did not know how to read or write. They were just reciting what they heard masters right. say, you know, so they didn't know how to really dig into the word and learn these things. So not only did they not have like just regular secular um, uh, education, but they, you know, they had an anointing that came from right. God and they were called to be ministers and they had the heart to do it, but they didn't have the um, background or the education to yeah. really deal with some of these things. So we want, and, and sometimes we just, we do what we right. do. You know, we mm-hmm. things just repeat themselves. And we are here. Uh, another thing that we really pride ourselves on at Tuesday with Tamika is we're, we're cycle breakers. Right. So if we have to disrupt some soil in order for us to start seeing things in a different light, then that's right. what we're going to do. So thank you so much for that. Our, our next question is, um, and this is this is kind of general, but I want to if if you can, um, I know you didn't think we was about to have Bible, <laughs> but what does the Bible say? And if you could, if you can give a scripture or just kind of paraphrase, what does the Bible say, if anything, about right? The Bible has a lot to say about it. And I was so happy because I'll give you a little background before I tell you what the Bible says, because there was a point when I started my education. I didn't know what the Bible had to say about it. I just felt like the Bible did have something to say about it. And I can remember uh, finding out that the, that God is the master psychologist and how he deals with the mind and how, you know, the scripture says, I would that you prosper even as your soul prospers. And it talks about the renewing Mm -hmm. of your mind. And it gives us so many examples of people who have been perplexed and who've had you know, emotions and they weren't demonized. So that, that's been a, a wonderful thing. But I think the two that would really, um, well, then I'll add another one too, which is one of my favorites. Um, and it's second Timothy one and seven, it says, God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. So he's dealing with the mind and letting us know that he's concerned. Yeah. God is concerned about what we think and what we feel. You know, so that's that's been something that has been encouraging me. And I continue to comb through the scriptures and find like nuggets that just just jump out and they just express. There's so many people that had even even the Lord himself, you know, like we think about the cross. We think about Gethsemane and, you know, it's it is, you know, uh, something that we talk about a lot. But I think we skip over like key details. We know that he wept when Lazarus died. So Mm. we give people permission to take that scripture. But when it's talking about the cross, it said, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Wow. Yeah. Now, Mm. if that's not feeling like, just like the death, the loss, the emptiness and see in the church, we're not comfortable. Sometimes people are not, um, 
taught, I would say, in some settings, that it's okay to have your faith and to have your emotions. It's like you have to give up one to have the other. Whereas the the, the scriptures are yeah. constantly it talks about Jonah. Jonah, Jonah four and three talks about now the scripture says, now, Lord, take away my life for it is better for me to die than to live. Folks were going through, wow. you know? Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, yeah. People, people don't realize in the scripture, there is actual like, suicides. Right. like in the Bible, the Bible talks about people that, you know, had uh, what assisted suicide, regular suicide, people that right. had thoughts of suicide. David, my brother David, I feel like every other day he was <laughs> didn't know whether he was right. coming or going, you know, because of all of his, you know, just mental right. anguish that he had, you know, was right. dealing with. And again, like you said, we over spiritualize right. everything. And Paul, you know, Paul talks about there. I was reading Acts. God has really had me um, studying Acts recently. And Paul was, you know, talking to the people. He was preaching and, and doing his thing, being the the great apostle that he is. But yet he had such um, he like this confusion because he remembered what he did before he right. came to Christ. Mm -hmm. And that started to make me think about today's Christians. Those of us Thank that, you know, we're renewed. And the Bible tells us to transform our mm -hmm. mind daily. So if it tells us to do that daily, it's because he knows that we're going to have those thoughts that, you know, stinking as the world calls it, stinking thinking and negative self-talk mm -hmm. and all that stuff. We're going to mm -hmm. have that. So we have to transform our mind. Right, daily. right. And can I say this too? Um, you just have to have an ear to hear, even like in our churches, maybe, you know, I, I began to listen to what people were saying and, you know, look at their lives and really hear what they were saying. Because sometimes people will say things like, I just want to go home. You know, I'm just, you know, I just want to go be with the Lord. And sometimes, sometimes that may be a spiritual comment or um, expression, but sometimes people, that's their way out. You know, sometimes that can be. But wow. it's covertly, you know, re not recognized. So we just, people say things and we don't recognize what they're saying unless you have an ear to hear and you know their circumstances and their situation. It's, re it's relative. Mental health in the church is definitely relative. Wow, yeah. that's good. That, that is really good because you often do hear or even even tones of, oh, one great day we're going to be in heaven, even though right now it's it totally sucks. <laughs> And I like hate my life, but one one great day, you know. Because I've I've heard that so many times, and it's like you're living off. And I'm living right. for that. Who's not living for that one great day? Right. Nobody wants a great day. But the fact that you have nothing up until then, you have no hope up until then. Like you're only like you're not living. You're existing up until then. I think that like you know we can't always just be. Focus on that great day. We got to be focused on the great days that we are gifted here right, on the earth as right, well. Right. Yeah. Um, but that that um, turns into our next question. So where does the balance lie between the spiritual versus the, you know, just the natural nature versus nurture that everybody has to deal with the way they were raised, the family that they were raised in. Um, so that nature versus nurture components versus that spiritual. So where does the balance lie between them both? And knowing where that balance is, how should the church go about helping their me members who are suffering? Right. You have to look mm. at the whole person. You know, we talk a lot about holistic um, living. And I think, like we mentioned before, people are focused on what they, uh, some people in the church, you have to catch myself as well. Sometimes if the lenses <laughs> for which you see 
is if all you see is spirituality, then you're not looking at what's going on in the everyday lives, what type of upbringing people have. You, you demonize and you uh, want to put Satan in it where you don't know someone's upbringing. So you have to kind of get to know that we're all born in sin. We've all got dysfunction. When I say all, I mean from the pulpit to the door, to the parking lot, to around the corner. We've all yes. been through something. And I think that's understanding the sin factor and really understanding what that factor did to us. It changed our literal nature. It changed our, our, our cognition. It changed our brain. It upset our thinking. You know, we got another mind. Initially, we didn't have a mind that we had to renew. And so it takes looking at the natural components. Like, for example, when I see my clients, um, I want on um, like their eating habits. I want to know um, if right. they've got, you know, uh, probiotics. I want to know about their gut health because that's directly, you know, connected to uh, anxiety and different things. I want to know if they have diabetes. I want to know like all these things knowing that there is a whole human being that has to be dealt with, you know, and, and I don't care how much you yeah. pray. You can pray the prayer of faith, but just like our pastor has been saying, there's just some natural things. There's just natural laws. There's natural, yeah. there's natural laws. And so I, I would look at the body and the health and how you're, you know, what you're eating, uh, what, what, what has transpired throughout your family lineage. You guys brought up something uh, significant about um, anxiety. Like I manage anxiety as well. And that's like the natural side of it. I got it from my mother. You know, I could have, I could have got it right. in a household that was chaotic or I could have got it in birth. And those are things that we need to be able to um, be able to separate and know that it's just not the spirit of fear, you know, the spirit of torment. Right. No, it's just the way your body has been conditioned. It's your temperament. It's the way you process. Yeah, your it's the way you fire. process stimuli, information. It's just how you've been hardwired. It can happen, you know, with, while you're in your mother's womb. And so to demonize that, it just, yeah. it just, it's just not fair and it's not right. And so you have to understand that you're, you're dealing with more than just a spirit being. And I think that's where the enemy has capitalized because we don't know where, you know, how to meet the needs of all aspects of it. Right. And, and to know that yeah. some of these generational yeah. um, patterns, like, uh, like sadness, you handle sadness a certain way. Maybe that's how your family handled it. Some of these, these are patterns of, you know, how you handle grief or how you handle like moods or all of these things. You have to look at the nature of it, the environment of what, which you were raised and just not, you know, take the, um, the passive least resistance, which is just to demonize it or say it's spiritual. So I think that, yeah, I think it's looking at it, man. Yeah. That man, I, you know, as you were talking, I just was thinking, um, Growing up in, in church in a holiness Pentecostal, which I love, I love my foundation. I know we be making jokes and cracking a lot, cracking <laughs> jokes, but I love it. I absolutely would not change it right. for anything um, because it is, in, in my opinion, in my belief and my truth tells me it is the right. way, the truth and the light. But I just remember as a very young girl um, going to revivals and going to you know, I remember I, I used to get told that I had the spirit of rebellion <laughs> because um, I would see things and um, I would be like, no, like, that's not right. Like, you know, I would see mm -hmm. them trying to like cast out, quote unquote, demons out of people. 
And I would be like, okay, this person talks to themselves. There's right. something else going on. Like this yeah. person has, you know, and as a kid, I didn't know what it was because I didn't have the educational mm-hmm. background that I have now. But even as a child, I used to be like sitting up in church, like, the, and I would ask questions and I would question everything. And I, and I remember them telling me like, just to basically shut up because I had a rebellious spirit. So for years, and even to this day, you know, that's something because, cause we can put mm-hmm. stuff on people, right? We yeah. can definitely put thoughts and, 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 and uh, labels on people that stick. So even to this mm-hmm. day, when I, um, I have this, which I'm learning to let go, I was listening to Sarah, um, Sarah Jake's, uh, uh, podcast earlier this week, and she was talking about how her husband helped her realize how defensive she was. And when she said that, it really sparked something in my, and I had to like really go into prayer and ask God, because I'm that way, you know, somebody asked me something, I'm always ready to like defend my, you know, why I'm thinking this way or why, you know, I, I feel like I have to and you know, uh, answer a question. And it, it reminded me all the way back in church where, and even, you know, in our home where I would, I was always the kid, like, why, 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 why? And being told that I had a spirit of rebellion. And, and as he was saying, I believe all of our goal, all of our wish is to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant, mm-hmm. right? So if I've, if my whole life, if I've heard that I have this rebellious spirit, I'm thinking I'm not going to go to heaven. So I got to figure mm-hmm. this out. And it, it just, I, I know now, you know, that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I know now that even then as a kid, God gave me insight that other people didn't have. And it's for right. such a time as this, you know, it's for me to mm-hmm. help the people that I help. It's for us to have these platforms for us to talk about this stuff. And it doesn't scare me where some people would be like, oh, we're not going to talk about that. But um, I kind of veered to the left. <laughs> I to get that out my spirit. <laughs> yeah. So I, I want to ask you what, what significance or, or what do you feel like, because you are married to a pastor and he, he's an amazing, amazing pastor. And I know that um, alongside his um, theology degree, he actually has some um, secular degrees, which is is kind of what drew me to the church because I was just like, wow, they're walking what they talk. One of my one of my many sayings that I say is allow your uh, the shoe, the tongue in your shoe and the tongue in your mouth to be right. going in the same direction. And that's what I love about you guys. Like you guys, everything, what you guys are walking, what you talk, you know, and you guys are believing it. Um, but what for those and this is not no shade or not, you know, I just want to know your honest opinion for pastors that maybe don't have that mental health background or those degrees. Do you feel like they should be conducting um, counseling sessions, therapy sessions with their I think uh, members? That, um, I think it depends, you know, in general, um, that's hard for me to answer. It depends on, um, it depends on the type of uh, pastor you have. And it, it depends on how much he's going mm-hmm. to do. Like you said, counseling and therapy. Like definitely, I would say counseling to an extent because that's more directive. And that is more like the Bible talks about in the multitude of counselors, their safety. And then when you talk about therapy, that's usually something mm-hmm. traumatic. That's usually something that's long term. And then you have to think, um, is that the best use of the pastor's time? Um, he could be a part of the collaborative mm-hmm. process where because he is responsible. And now I don't believe that um, you should leave your pastor out of the loop. If you don't trust your pastor enough to 
bring in the spiritual component and to just be a part of your healing process, then you might not need to go to that church particularly. But um, if it's counseling, um, I would say that they can counsel to the point of referral, depending on their um, their 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 personality, their abilities. Are they patient? Are they kind? Uh, are they reflective listeners? Are they val? Are there some? Are they some? You you know are they invested in um, in you and your success or you know what 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 angle are they coming from? But I would definitely say depending on the trauma yeah. and depending on the amount of time. I think it's okay. Like, I don't think the pastor has to do everything, but I think he should be able to be a part of it. And we can't um, negate the fact that the Bible said that if any is sick among us, let us call for the elders of the church. And we know we that historically, yeah. like even Jesus walked up on a, a demon that was causing cutting, that was causing isolation, that was causing issues. And he rebuked that thing real good, right? So we don't want to mm-hmm, uh, castrate yeah. and we don't want to make the, the uh, men and women feel intimidated, but just to, to walk in wisdom and to know, to counsel to the point of referral. But we do have instances where, you know, it yeah. is everything. There's nothing new under the sun. And we know that they're equipped to heal, but maybe they just don't, you know, it's not always God's plan to do a, a speedy healing, right? Some And the, the, the um, purpose yeah. of counseling and therapy is to teach people how to manage themselves after this crisis because another crisis is coming. So that's a work in and of itself. It's mm-hmm. not like a healing line where you just want to go in and booyah, you're healed. But you want to be able to process what God that you can take that same information and help someone else. So you don't want to shortchange your healing. Yeah. Although we would really want to microwave a healing and sometimes pastors don't have time, mm-hmm. you know, um, historically they're busy or they're, you know, working two jobs. So maybe they can be a part of it, but for what needs to be done when you say therapy, and that's not even for the prayer line to me, in my opinion, because you could get direction, but Mm -hmm. that therapy allows you to sit down in somebody's presence and you begin to reflect and you begin to um, be almost become a, with the tools of your therapist, become a self healer. And you begin to walk through the corridors of your pain and you begin to narrate and change it with the help of the Lord. And so if you just want to go and just put all the responsibility on the pastor, then you're going to keep putting the responsibility on the the pastor and the prayer line. So that's the beauty of a pastor saying, no, this is for you. You, you, you can, you'll be okay. Go sit and, you know, go process. Yeah. Get the skills, go do the work, you know, Mm -hmm. in the words of Ian, like go do the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's no intimidation because we know that they can pray, you know, fire from heaven. So it's not about that. It's not about ego. It's just about what's expedient. But sometimes in our churches, mm-hmm. because of our ethnicity that we talked about, sometimes pastors want to feel like God and they want to feel like everything has to go through them. And some pastors, you know, everything has to pass their desk and they have to have their signature on it. And so that's going to be very difficult for those who, who, you know, will benefit from going to sit and talk to someone. You need to be validated all your life, especially if you grew up in an African-American home, you were probably told to be seen and not heard. And so you haven't even got to validate Mm -hmm. your own story. So it's so important. And that's such a part of uh, spirituality and healing. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's really good. So Lisa, how have you balanced church and mental health in your own life? Oh yeah. <laughs> no, that's a real that's a real thing because when I started out, 
um, you know, I was t like Job said, um, I was talking about what I heard, but then at this point in my life, I'm talking about what I seen. And I, and I appreciate that about God. Mm. Um, like I said, I do manage anxiety. I'll start with that. And I didn't know it was anxiety. I just thought I had a lot of energy. I just thought I talked really fast. I just thought that if someone told me something, my, I would, my tummy would bubble. And I just thought everybody's stomach did that, right? So I didn't know until I lost my mm -hmm. job. And then um, I was just staying up all night. I was, you know, ruminating, excessively worried. And, you know, and then it just, it got worse where I couldn't sleep. I couldn't, you know, I was just worried. And like I said, it, it just became apparent to me that this was that. This is that, right? And so then yeah. um, I had to use the tools that um, I, you know, like you always say to me, eat your own cooking, you know? So, no, that's real. Yeah. Because I had to begin to, you know, yeah. do my breathing exercises. I had to begin to do um, my walks and my meditation and mindfulness and grounding. And I had to do all of those things. And, but I want to tell you that to me and my experience, those are staples. But what really regulated and got my mind right was the word of God, because I, I had to tell myself, Amen. You know, there's only so much I could do, because if I could work all these skills, then those skills would be and God would be left out of the equation. So I'm not a, afraid to, you know, consolidate or collaborate the, the different types of healing. So I did just that. And I would give myself scriptures. I said, listen, he gives his beloved sleep. Right. And then I began to reframe yeah. my anxiety um, that I manage. And I just, I think it's a gift because sometimes you, you, you just, you know, can I say this? You just talking from the dome. I know that's old school and you run in scriptures, yeah. you, know, you run in them scriptures, <laughs> yeah. but that, that, that anxiety reminds you that you need to trust him more. So that's how I look at yeah. it. I totally reframe it because some people begrudge it. And if you're anxious about being anxious, then that makes anxiety worse. Or if you're sad about being sad, that makes sadness worse. Yeah. So I began to embrace it as my little signal to trust him more. And I manage it and I'm okay with it. Yeah. And I just, you know, I got a sleep hygiene out of this world. You know, I, hey, I'm not afraid <laughs> to say I've got, you know, oils. I've got, you name it. I've got eucalyptus sprays. I've mm. got lavender. I've got the spray. I've got the oils. I've got, what, I've got candles. Whatever I need to do with the word of God, I'm not ashamed to use that. I, I do my part. I love and then I, it. Right. And then I, I cut caffeine when I need to. Man. If I got my own caffeine, I'm yes. like, okay, sis, you don't need no caffeine. You good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for sharing that. I, I remember, I can't, I can't pinpoint the day or the time, but I remember we were in church and you, you, I believe it was Sunday school and you were talking about so often. Um, and, and I, I think it was about mental health or it could have been about something else. And you were saying, we right. feel like it has to be this or that, right. but why can't it be both? Why can't we yeah. have our essential oils and our, I got, uh, one of those things I put the oil and it lights and right. the, the, the fuser. Yeah. I have that, you know, because I have, after running around all day and, and feeling like, okay, I got to do this. I got to do this. Sometimes I don't, my mind is just racing and I've learned, okay, I could pray. Right. I put on Psalms so I could have Psalms in my ear while I'm asleep, but then I can right. also have the smell good going on. Like it doesn't have to be right. either, or it could be both. And it doesn't mean that, that you're practicing yes. witchcraft or that you're doing anything wild, right? It's, 
You can have both. Thank you so much. Say it a little <laughs> bit louder for the people in the back. You can have both. Right. <laughs> yeah. Man. Okay. So I want to get a little bit transparent and I want you to, you know, one of the questions we like to ask is what would people, um, if you could share like a, a personal story or something that people would be surprised but for you as a first lady, and I know that that is a heavy, heavy mantle to carry. Um, what do you wish people knew about that mantle or like something like that? You, What do you wish people knew? Like if you could be like, honey, and, and this wasn't going to be on air. What would you tell them? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I love the people, so but I would say my aunt's saying somebody got to act like they got some sense. And uh, so I'm around a lot of situations <laughs> that are senseless, and you got to have a lot of patience. And um, one of the things I wanted to share, I, I didn't have um, initially. I didn't know like what I would share, or how much I would share about my position as a first lady. But um, I think the mantle that is challenging for me is that I have to handle, I have to walk this thing out. I have to model this walk of love, this walk of truth in front of my kids. And, and mm. you know, our pastor's been talking about bring it home, take it home. And there are so many church kids that are messed up because they have seen yeah. so much heard so much, experienced so much that they don't want to have anything to do with the house of God. And if they do want to have something to do with the house of God, it's just religious exercise. And so with that pressure, because wow. like, I'm being perfected as well. And I, I have a temper and I am violent. Like people don't know that about me. Like I'm being perfected mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm, I'm being helped. <laughs> So, you know, as much love as I have, I can also, Think about you, know, it. you know, how they say, I just flipped the switch. I just flipped the switch. Yeah. I just flipped the switch. Right. Right. It's hard because I want my kids, I want to be able to pass something down to my kids. So I don't even get passed to the public as much because I'm worried. I'm God delivered me from people. And, I, and I'm so serious. I'm mm. so delivered from people. And, and so now for me, it's like this mantle is how do I shield my kids? And I can't. I just have to trust God and be a good model wow. for them. How do I teach them how to love people that hurt their parents? How do I teach them how to love people that abuse their parents? Mm. How do I not take the hurt and turn it into their bitterness? You know what I mean? How do I represent yeah. this, this and be truthful and not over-spiritualize things and to say, this does hurt, but I'm choosing this, although I feel like maybe choosing this or that, you know, but giving them, giving them the, the real yeah. the balance of it all, you know, and, and just because that's my, that's my soft spot and my weakness, like all mothers is your children. So just the, the amount of time we have mm -hmm. given to the ministry that they've left out you know, they've lost out and they, you know, they, they talk about it. Like they've had to share us. So if it, it's hard sometimes that you give, you give, you give when you're called and you know this as well, Tamika, like when you're, you're called to the, to the, to the nation yeah. and to, to be a healer, you know, juggling that time with helping people and helping your family, your immediate family, that becomes difficult. And it has to be a work from God 
because you know, only he could keep you in the schedule. Yeah. I mean, I've missed the mark. I've, I've done too much for people and it, it's backfired. People have hurt me. But in the midst of it, I still have to remember that what I'm doing is for you do it as unto the Lord. You don't do it for claps. You got to have tough skin because the same people mm. you hurt, I mean, help, they usually hurt you the most, you know, and you got to be able to still show God's love. Yes. It's just not a glamorous day where the women wear these pretty old hats and you know, they just, the first ladies fly. No, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. And it's a lot of evasion of privacy, yeah. like cutting the lines. If you don't let people in, then they feel like you have a click in your family. It's just, it, it gets difficult. You know, it gets, it gets hard. You, you have to give a lot of yourself. Wow. A lot. Yeah. I could imagine. And I know we have one more question, but I just want to say, this is on my heart. And I know that your kids, my little cousins, I know that they probably tell you this often, but you you definitely, there's a grace about you um, that I'm sure they are like so honored to call you and Shannon mom and dad because you guys yeah. definitely carry the mantle like no one I've ever seen. Like you guys model it well. So I want to say for them, if you know, thank you. Thank you for that because I, I know that they probably do share it with you. I'm sure they, they fuss and they tell you what the day they don't like, but I know that there there is I, I've I've sat and you know, because I'm I'm very observant and while we've been in church, I've watched your girls watch you and it just it, it really like touches me. You know, it brings tears to my eyes because then they are able to be that type of mother to their kids and to their husbands. Like I see how they watch you when you be, cause she, listen, she <laughs> bigs up her husband. She be the loudest in the church. She, she, she is his biggest cheerleader and I love it. And I, I watch your girls watch you. Um, and even your son, like I watch the interaction and I just, it's beautiful. It is so beautiful. And I love how you protect that. You know, um, people feel like they gotta be, all up in your space. But I, like I always right. tell my kids, our home is our sanctuary. So mm -hmm. we, you know, yes, we go to the house of God and we praise God. And that's, that's one sanctuary, but our home is our first sanctuary. So we, the way we right. treat each other here matters. The way, you know, yeah. we interact here matters. And so I just want to say, thank you. Thank you for being that example um, to, to people that our potential uh, first ladies are people that are just wives that are watching you. You know, there, I always say that never give up because right. you, know, you don't know who you're inspiring. So, you know, you have definitely inspired me to be a oh, better mother. You're welcome. Better wife, you so got me. I'm the second crybaby on this show. Cause I, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, that leads us into our last question. And this, whole time of our lives has definitely been a time that is different i mean we thought things like this were things of the past you know like we didn't think we would be in a pandemic people would be dying around us so how do you think um the church will need to change or will wow i'm i'm pandemic? not going to say i have all the answers because i don't really feel like anyone does um i could speculate on a piece mm -hmm. of it i think we're all getting pieces of this and if somebody gets up and say i've got the plan they're lying um, they're not keeping it real because at this point, <laughs> you know, faith needs an opponent. And I think we all have an opponent right now and it's called COVID. And so we're all having to walk in our faith. Mm -hmm. And I would just say that on um, what the church has to do, it has to uh, dial back 
and think about what's really important. And I think that's what everyone is doing on a universal level in the church or out. What's important? What are we going to get rid of? What are we going to focus on? I think we're resetting back to our relationship with God and how fragile life is and how we ought to love each other and how we need to be supportive and be, you know, and, and, and really be people minded and togetherness. I think that's what it's going to be, but all that, Mm -hmm. you know, um, promotions and titles and that's where the birds anyways, don't, you know, I'm sorry. I respect the Bishop. I respect my husband's being elevated, but I'm also, you know, I'm a realist. You know, um, I got to be saved first. Those titles, you know, people are going to lose their little salvation over these little titles. And I mean, it. I don't, not disrespectfully, but it's about, it's about your relationship with God. It's not about, you know, elevating. It's not about, you know, all of those things that it's been about, but it's about like, I think we're getting back down to, yeah. um, we, we, we're rebooting and we're getting back down to what really matters, which is our relationship with God and our families and one another and our community. And I think that it's going to force us to be, you know, cut yeah. all the extra out and just get to the, let the main thing be the main thing. Mm, yeah, uh, very. Uh, getting back to what matters and, and the basics of everything. So, wow, this has been such a informative and just rich conversation. I, I, again, you know, I thank you. I thank you for your truth. I thank you for standing in your truth. Um, the next section of our podcast is listener letters. And if you have like five or 10 more minutes, we would love if you would join us for that section. Yes. Okay. I'd perfect. All right. Perfect. So this listener awesome. letter, I know it's something that you have, um, I would say that you're an expertise in this as well um, as I am. So I definitely want to get your opinion and we want you to chime in on this too. So we had a listener and before I forget, if you have any questions, advice you want us to answer on air, remember we keep everything anonymous. We don't tell all your business, Well, we tell your business, but we don't tell your name that's attached to your business. <laughs> So you are safe here. We give you a pseudo name. You are anonymous. So all you have to do is at TuesdayWithTamika at gmail.com. That's TuesdayWithTamika at gmail.com. And we will answer your question here on the podcast, whether it's just me and P and all our craziness, or if we have an an amazing um, expert and an amazing person that can help us dive into your question, we would love, love, love to hear from you. So th- this letter, we're yeah. going to give um, this, this, we're going to call her um, Bina. I don't know where that came from, but Bina is her name today. All right. <laughs> so Bina is, she is re- oh, okay. has recently started dating this gentleman. And this gentleman has two kids with his ex-wife. So her question is, so every time uh-huh. the, the kids come to their, you know, to spend time with them, the mom expects the dad to do all the disciplining. So Bina's going into this uh, blended family situation. Her and this guy, they're looking to get married. They're looking to pursue a relationship. But she's frustrated because every time the kids come back with them, the mom says things like, 
well, you do the disciplining because I don't, you know, the mom kind of wants to be the good guy in the situation. So she expects the dad to discipline the children for stuff that happened at her house. Right. And so when the kids are at home with, with Pam and her, they're fine. They don't have the same discipline issues. They have a good schedule. The kids don't um, disrespect them. They don't have those issues. But while they're with mom, they cut nuts. What advice would you give uh, Bina in this situation? All righty. Am I going first or P? You're going to take that? Okay, I'll take You are it. going first. All righty. Yeah. Um, I think that we have to remember that while you're dating, you're just <laughs> gathering data. <laughs> and a lot of it is getting information and deciding if that's something you can uh, long-term deal with because this is a pre-existing situation. And so the best thing to do is discuss it with him. But yeah, it's uncharted territory because it's something that they have to establish and you have to be willing to or not to um, join in and be a part of. But to make demands, I think that sets things up to be um, more difficult, you know, the blend to be more difficult. And it has mm -hmm. to be something where he has to decide because he's the one implementing or not the discipline. So I would definitely yeah. say that it just gives her opportunity to, to look at the dynamics and to discuss it with him. And if he's okay with it, then she has to decide if she's okay with it. Mm, that's good. Pete, did you want to add to that? I mean, I, I don't have any children. And so I don't know how much weight my words can say. I know I've been a product of a two parent home that they didn't agree on discipline issues. And I am a teacher to lots and lots of children whose parents do not agree on discipline issues and at the end of the day all it hurts right it either yeah. hurts or gives the children too much power so um you guys i i can't give advice on how to figure that out because that is doozy. <laughs> it's above my pay grade but uh but all i can say is if it's not figured out it's not going to be the best option for the children unfortunately when parents split you can't right. have the same thing that you had when you were together. You have to establish your own thing. You have to respect each other as they establish their own thing. And as long as it is what's best for the children, that is what needs to be focused on. Now, if, if you know, old girl needs some parenting classes or something, you know, she got to do what she got to do. She's a single mom. I don't know what happened in the relationship or whatever, but bad things happen. And you cannot expect anybody to live right. your life yeah. and it work for you, but you. He <laughs> <laughs> just gonna pray your friend and have her libations on the side. To all of that beautiful, beautiful <laughs> knowledge and wisdom that was given, I would just echo what we have been hearing all around the world. And, and that is creating a new normal. I think sometimes when we have these situations where the relationship doesn't work out for whatever reason, we think that things, you know, so often in the black home or in, in homes, period, is wait till your daddy get home, right? right? Wait till your daddy get home. And so we expect the father to be doing the discipline. So it sounds like the ex-wife still is living under that. And, and Bina, it's not your responsibility to create the new normal. Mm -hmm. I definitely want to release you of that responsibility. Um, mm -hmm. As Lisa was saying, um, 
you are taking data. So you need to be really paying attention, sis. You need to really be paying attention because these things don't go away overnight. Mm -hmm. You know, this is something that you guys are really going to have to work through and you have to be willing to know, is this something that you can handle? Because if, if baby mama is tripping and if she, yeah. you know, what, however you may want to look at it, her and that man are going to have a relationship into those babies forever. People say until they're 18, but it's forever, right? As long forever. as yes. yeah, they're going to be grandparents. Together. As long as he continues they're, to be in his know, children's life on. and she continues to be in happen. her children's life, the relationship is going to be there. So you're going to have to figure out how you fit in. And, and as you guys are not married right now, um, although it sounds like you guys are working to that, you have to realize if this is what you want. You know, um, I was teaching my 10 year old daughter. Um, I had a suitcase. This was literally this week and I got a suitcase and I loaded full of all this stuff. And then I told her to carry it. And she looked at me like, for what? And I said, no, mm -hmm. you carry it. And she said, but that's not fair. It's your stuff. And I said, exactly. We don't allow people to put their baggage mm -hmm. on us. Now, I'm not telling you to break up with the brother, but I'm just telling you to really, really see if this is because it's baggage. Let's call a thing a thing, right? So this is something that you're going to have mm -hmm. to deal with. And if is this yeah. something that you truly want to live, you know, to live with? And, and you need to encourage your man. You need to help him to make those decisions, but it's not your, your decisions to make. All you can do is maybe make suggestions, but it's not about how you would do it because I'm telling you, it always turns out to be what Bina said and Bina did, and then you're going to be beefing with old girl. You don't need none of those problems. So mm -hmm. I would just encourage you to talk yeah. to your man and tell him that he's going to have to create structure. That's, that's a good word, right? He's going to have to create structure for how mm -hmm. they're going to co-parent effectively and to where it's not going to also intrude or affect your relationship. Although there will be some, some bleed into, and it's going to affect your relationship, but for it to be um, least strenuous on you, but most importantly, like he said, those babies, because they're the ones that truly matter and they're the most impressionable. Yeah. So Bina, I they're hope that that helps. If you need more um, information, or if you want to go dive deeper into this conversation, Email us again at TuesdayWithTamika at gmail.com if there's anybody else out there that just has something going on with their life. Maybe it's mental health. You know, maybe these topics that we talked on, maybe you're someone that grew up in a, a really strict uh, Christian home where you've had um, bouts of depression or bouts of anxiety, and you've tried to go to your pastor. You've tried to go to the, uh, the sisterhood meetings. Uh -huh. You try, you know, you tried to go and really articulate yourself, but you felt like you didn't know where to go. We have a wealth of resources here with Tuesday with Tamika that we can refer you to different mental health agencies. Um, check our past episodes. We talk about safe place. We talk about um, the therapy, the talking therapy, you know, yeah. that um, the telehealth. We've, ta we've talked about several um, different places. But one thing that we, we love, love, love is to lift while we climb. So our community spotlight it's us, the community. Bum, bum, yeah. bum, bum. <laughs> it's our favorite, favorite segment of the show. MP, who you think we gonna highlight today? Yes. 
Well, hmm, I could guess. Maybe I could guess a person. She fine as wine, got 16 kids. They call her first lady. (laughs) (laughs) So as much she on the podcast. She might be on the podcast right now. As much as you would like to share, it is totally up to you. You know, we definitely, I know that you have an amazing practice. And it, 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 whether you want to invite people to the church or you want to invite people to your practice, or if you want to do both, it doesn't have to be either or. It could be both. Give us, tell the people how they can get in contact with you, how we can learn more about all the amazing things that you're doing out in the community. All righty. Um, I'm currently doing telehealth because of the, um, the quarantine, but I am located at 23945 Sunny Me Boulevard in the city of Marino Valley, suite number five. Um, my number is 951-345-8698. And you can give me a call if you have questions, if you just um, want to know about my our church, our address, or our service time, or even if you have questions about mental health. And yes, I do integrate um, theology and psychology. So it's an integrated approach. I'm just not I'm going to be dealing with your mind, but I'm going to be dealing with spiritual aspects as well. And I would love to hear from you all. I would love yes, to hear Yes, thank you. That's awesome. We, we will um, definitely, you guys don't worry. You don't have to push rewind. We're going to put all of that information in the show notes. So you will be able to get in contact with her. Remember, you guys can DM us. You could email us. And we will always get that information out to you on, on, on Lisa or any of our past guests that may be sparked to interest. But today is all about her and her practice. So we just, you know, we, we honor you. Yeah. We thank you. We appreciate you taking out this time, this hour or so to be with us and just really share your heart. I can tell that. Um, this is something that's real to you. This is not something that you're just, you know, sometimes, and I- I'ma just say it, you know, I've been in the company of first ladies and you could tell that they don't want to be a part of none of that. <laughs> I've also been in the company <laughs> of therapists and I'm like, yeah. why in the heck did you choose this position? <laughs> because it don't seem like they want to do that. So you yeah. are doing both of them just so gracefully with so much, um, ethics and so like it's just beautiful it's a really a beautiful thing to watch so we thank you Um, we honor you for uh tell tell shannon thank you for allowing us to uh, (laughs) (laughs) we'll do um and it before we let you go p i I would love for you you know i like to push you so i would love for you to close out this episode but before uh p closes out the episode Lisa, tell what's one piece of advice, one one piece of like a mo- motivation, something that you would like to leave our listeners. Oh wow, I have a um, a head full of thoughts, and you want one of those <laughs> thoughts? <laughs> oh, let's see. Hmm. I would say self care, and self care is more than just getting your nails done. But self care is getting to a place where you are comfortable getting to uh, visit the recesses of your past, of your mind, of your fears, and just showing up for you. Because if you show up for you, then that's going to impact the way you show up for other people. Yeah. Show mm-hmm. up. Just show up Beautiful. for you. Yes. Hashtag self-care. Show up for yourself. Right. Pete, take us on out of here. Yeah.
Well, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Like, I really enjoyed just how eloquently Lisa spoke about the different dynamics and reminding us that a lot of the times we blame the quote-unquote the church, this imaginary being. But really, it's just individualized people that we may have had bad experiences with. I mean, everybody loves Chick-fil-A, and Chick-fil-A, there's wonderful people there, God sent, right? But sometimes they might be a mean person that you might count. They have, everybody have a bad day. So you can't just stop going to Chick-fil-A because the chicken good. So anyway, um, so I hopefully we keep that, it, we are mindful of that in our hearts, that at times there are, I know for myself, I've, I could speak to those, those of experiences where I felt like I could never get better, that church wasn't the place of fulfillment for me. But then I have also had lots and lots of experiences where I could get better because of church and because of the people there. So find what it feels good for you. I hope that this podcast and this episode enriched your walk with Christ and brought you closer and helped you realize that just because you are a person who struggles right. with their mental illness, you're not this filth, demonic, go away type person that can be helped. You are still the son and daughter of Christ and that you can mend your faith and the struggles that you have with your uh, mental illness. And um, mm-hmm. if you don't believe me, just look at me. Like everybody pee here on Tuesday with the meat. I'm cracking jokes. I don't, you know, I'm <laughs> nothing. One inappropriate thing after another. But in reality, I've been through some things. There's a lot of things I've had to overcome. There's a lot of things I'm still overcoming as I'm the bright, shiny star, sunshine and rainbow kindergarten teacher, as I'm the comedic value on Tuesday with Tamika. You know, there's always that uh, mental illness, that thing that you have to overcome. So know that we stand with you. We're not these perfect people who got our lives, you know, all put together. Um, But we stand with you and we know. So if you... If you need help, if you're going through and you need someone to talk to, someone who believes in God, someone who can pray with you, but also gives you a resource for true healing and a holistic view, definitely contact us. I love you guys so much, and thank you for spending this episode oh, with us. I love my sassy so much. <laughs> yes, anyway, move on. Her. What What's the you next thing? kick my butt so let me just shut up by saying we love you guys so much lisa thank you thank you so much keith thank you so much thank you guys for tuning in week after week like it it blows my mind the amount of support that we're getting but i know it's because of what lisa said hashtag truth recognizes truth we love you guys we miss you guys until next tuesday bye-bye